0: Hi everyone, I'm Margie Alanese and this is Farmher Talks, thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the farmher in all of us. This episode was so awesome the first time around. We're pulling it back out of the vault, dusting it off and putting a little more farmher sparkle on it. We are going to be talking to a powerhouse of a woman, who was on season two of Farmer on RFD-TV, Shelby Watson-Hampton. And I know our team first met Shelby at the American Farm Bureau Conference where she and her husband were up for one of the Young Farmers and Ranchers of the Year. And they didn't win the top prize, but they they were right near the top. Near the top, yeah. Yeah. I think they also competed... In one of the speaking
1: competitions,
0: too, yeah, or something while they were there. Yeah. yeah, we saw them on stage yeah. later
1: that day. Yeah. I'm
0: sure they're a dynamic couple and a dynamic separate individuals and just amazing. So Shelby, the focus of our episode and who we'll be talking to today, um, runs a new business on their generational family farm along with her aunt, who is Susan Watson White, they give me a really tough time with their last names. I know my last name is tough, but Shelby Watson Hampton, Susan Watson White. Um, anyway, we'll just say that 10 <laughs> That's times impressive. Fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've had to say it a lot because yeah. the voiceovers, so I'm, I don't know how many times I've messed it up. But anyway, um, they decided a few years ago to open a winery on their family's farm. And their family has done agritourism on that farm before in the past. So Inviting people onto their farm was not something new to them, but they're in Maryland, not too far from DC. I didn't even know Maryland had wine. Did you? Have you you ever had Maryland wine before? I don't think so. It was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. I like all wine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you like Shelby's. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't, I, for some reason I thought it'd be kind of sweet. Yeah. Kind of like the wines you get here in Iowa, but it wasn't. Um, and I don't know. We'll have to talk to her about the types of wines that they make there and stuff. But on that note, what did the grape say when he got stepped on? I
1: don't know. Yes.
0: <laughs> he let out a little wine. <laughs> Sorry. That was a long pause. I was really expecting you guys to just have it.
1: Well, Okay. I didn't look at the answer on the sheet in front of me, but I
0: was really trying to think.
1: (laughs) Because usually I look, so then I could easily cheat.
0: Yeah, well, he he let out a little wine. That's funny. I know. So uh, interestingly enough, though, when I was looking up some things about wine, and I pulled up some wine facts, uh, one of the interesting ones that I saw on here, um, one of the things that you can tell by looking at the color of wine is the region and climate where the grapevine is located. So darker shades of wine... Uh, like the darkest reds and the yellow whites come from warmer climates, where lighter colors come from cooler climates and taste lighter and less lush. Interesting. Interesting. It makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. based on the variety of the grape and, and what it's made Interesting. up of. There's a
1: lot of science that goes behind making wine. Yeah. I took a wine class in at Iowa State and I remember nothing, but there were a lot of regions and things like that that we had to remember. There's There's a lot that goes into it. It's not easy to make
0: wine. And you know, um, here's an interesting thing I learned, like when people, I would see people swish their wine glasses and I always was like, well, I feel like that's just like a thing that they're doing to show that they know about wine. And so I would like be like, I am not at the level to swish my wine, (laughs) but I did learn. I went to my neighbor, Selena, who works with us, had a, like a a wine thing at her house where you could go taste it and buy it. And the people kind of toss a little bit and the swishing really like lets the flavor out. It like lets it air okay. and it, it brings the air in. So it has a purpose other than looking like, you know what you're doing when yeah. you drink wine.
1: And then like some wine has legs, right? I just always crack up at that. Like, yeah, there's something called legs. And then when you swish it, you can watch it go back down the glass and there are certain glasses that you're supposed to drink with certain wines, and I didn't know this until Christmas one year. And I was moving, and I got like four different kinds of glasses, and I thought I would return some of them, but no, you have to have different kinds of glasses for different types of
0: wine. So, yeah. um, I have like one of a random each variety of glass. Like, yeah. it's in my cupboard's a mess, <laughs> but so sometimes it ends up being like a jelly jar.
1: <laughs> is, that, is that reasonable for yeah, wine? Like a, ma- a mason, I do that all the yes, time. I
0: buy like the Costco level of wine yeah, though, so I can't yeah, say that okay. like I, I've. It's not like I'm cracking a bottle that's like never been drank before. Yeah. So.
1: my aunt and uncle own a, that restaurant in Kansas City we went to a few weeks ago. So they were trying to teach me, uh, and uh, it didn't work. Maybe we should go take a class
0: but with yeah, Maybe that'd, that'd be, be a they great idea. They actually have a
1: full time wine expert on staff there.
0: It is interesting to learn about like some of the science behind it and yeah. why, what, what feeds into it and why I agree it, it is. And then it's great to drink it too, Yeah, and, <laughs> which we had a fun time doing at Shelby's. <laughs> they make all different kinds of wines, whites, reds. I came home with a bottle of white that I'm still saving upstairs. Uh, just, Should we go uh, open just, it right
1: now? No, it's, I don't, well, I don't know when I'm going
0: to open it, but I'm Lunch saving time it. Wine. Yeah, <laughs> it is a, It's a lighter white. It's a lunchtime wine. You're right. Um, And we are talking on the phone with Shelby Watson-Hampton and Susan Watson-White of Robin Hill Farm and Vineyard. Did I get that right? Robin Hill Farm and Vineyard? I should have that right in front of me, huh? Um, But anyway, thank you, ladies. You are calling in from Maryland today. How are you doing?
2: Glad to be here with you. I'm doing great.
0: Good, good. Well, thank you. Um, So... I think we briefly touched on this before, but for those of you who just tuned in, we went and visited Shelby for and Susan for season two of Farm Her that airs on RFD TV, our TV show. And we had a super fun time and it's always a fun time, especially when you get to end the episode with wine. So uh, I just clued people in on what you guys do. So um, let, let's take it back a little bit though. Susan, let's start with you, um, and I, I keep referring to you ladies as a, as a niece-aunt duo, and um, Susan, you grew up on the farm where the winery is today, correct? So can you tell us like what the farm looked like back then? Because I know this is a generational operation, and it's changed over the years. So, so what was it like before um, how it exists today?
3: Well, we were tobacco farmers, so we had lots of rolling hills with uh, tobacco and tobacco barns, and we were also hog farmers. So we had four to five hundred head of hog on the farm. So we had lots of pastures with hogs running around, and uh, there was you know a pond for swimming and fishing and irrigating, and um, we have lots of structures on the barn um, on the farm, (laughs) and uh, fortunately, uh, most of them are still here today that we. That we have uh, incorporated into our new business, but it was a uh, it was a wonderful way to grow up.
0: Yeah, and then you guys had agritourism before you have the winery, right?
3: We and uh, uh, would invite uh, children to our farm for educational farm tours, pick their pumpkins. So we had uh, many acres of pumpkins, and we had a barn that we would set up each fall where they would come in and buy their apples and cider and pumpkins, and we would. Uh, take them on a hayride. And we had a petting zoo. So they would go to the different stations during their tour. Um, we loved doing that. That was a lot of fun. And I got to watch the episode from
1: when Margie visited you gals. And the pictures are amazing. It It makes me want to visit. But kind of explain what the farm looks like now. Okay.
3: Well, I also forgot that we were a nursery business. So we had a hundred oh, do it all. <laughs> you
1: know,
0: Nothing is going to be surprising. So
3: I had a brain cramp. <laughs> a brain cramp? Uh,
0: I like that. I'm yeah. going to have to use that.
3: Yeah, so we had lots of trees here uh, and also a 20-acre container stock area where we had uh, trees and shrubs. But uh, the way it's changed is uh, the tobacco has gone away. Cause we took the tobacco buyout and um, we did get, get out of the hog business as well. So there, you don't see the hogs running around, although we have other livestock. And uh, we got out of the nursery business. And we turned those areas, uh, we repurposed everything for what we're doing now. So the, some of the, you know, the uh, one of the barns we've turned into a wedding barn. And we had, uh, you know, some facilities that we've turned into the groom's room and the bridal suite for our wedding Ooh. business. And we turned an old tobacco barn into our Ooh. winery and uh, production facility. So we've been fortunately, and fortunate that we had the infrastructure already here, um, you know, from our past endeavors in agriculture that we were able to uh, use for our, our new venture here. Yeah,
0: and tell me when you started the wedding, the, the venue barn that you have. When did that open up for business?
3: Started that in 2014 and Shelby and Wade were our first wedding. So they were kind of our guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went down, we took one of our old barns. It's about 25 years old and we pressure washed it, put up a chandelier, some bistro lights, and started, uh, you know, having word of mouth that we were going to do weddings. And we used Shelby's uh, wedding photos for some advertisement on our website and Facebook page. And uh, we're, we're grateful that it really took off. It's been a real uh, successful business. And uh, we really enjoy working with people and having the brides and the grooms and their families here to share our farm, uh, you know, with them. Margie, if I can add something
2: to that. On the day of my wedding, Wade and I you know, were getting ready and we were doing first look photos before the ceremony. And my bridesmaids were all around and someone pointed across the field and said, oh my goodness, there's like 14 or 15 people over there. It's two hours before the wedding. Why are people here so early? And I looked over and I laughed and it was Aunt Susan leading a group of um, prospective brides and grooms that she had invited that day to come <laughs> view the setup for my wedding um, to see if they liked it. And um, all seven couples ended up booking.
0: You don't get to shut the business off, right?
3: Wow. Just because you're getting married. <laughs> That's right. We had to use the opportunity and seize the moment. <laughs> um,
0: Susan, earlier you were you said, you know, we just power washed the barn and hung up a chandelier. And I know, I mean, I've been there and it is a beautiful facility. And I know that you ladies have put a lot of work and time and effort into this. Um, but Shelby, what was it like getting married, being able to get married on the farm?
2: Um, it was amazing because, you know, I grew up here as well. Um, just a couple of houses down, there's a lot of aunts and uncles, uh, and cousins that live on the farm. And, um, I always loved being here, uh, growing up as kids, granddad would take us out, you know, we'd work in the pumpkin fields with him. We'd help in the nursery. Um, when we got older, we got to work at cash register in the pumpkin barn and I helped out in the office on Saturdays, answer phones and, and help mom and Susan and grandma cause they all worked here full time. Um, so I always loved the farm and I always wanted, you know, to come back to it, So having that opportunity was amazing.
0: And then to get married
2: here just kind of brought it full circle. I had a moment when I was with my maid of honor. Um, we had done the ceremony and we had gone, my husband and I had gone away for photos and we were coming back to do like our entrance into the barn. And I'm standing next to the horse pen with my two horses there in my wedding gown. My maid of honor just looks at me and she's like, can you believe you're here and you're getting married and you have a new business? And I said, no, it's awesome. And I just busted out laughing. Hater looked at me like I was crazy, but it was
0: amazing.
1: I just got goosebumps. Like that yeah. is an awesome story. And I
0: just can't even imagine. It sounds like such a, an amazing thing to be able to open up something like that on your farm. I'm sure that behind the scenes, like it just like it sounds so romantic and so fabulous. But the reality is, too, that you do have to like give tours on a wedding day. right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's beautiful facility. And, um, it was a pleasure to get to see it. So, um, I guess we, we have just about a minute left in this segment, but, um, what Shelby, was it that intrigued you enough? You guys did the wedding facility. What made the leap into a winery?
2: Well, that actually uh, predates the wedding facility opening. Okay. Um, aunt Susan inherited the farm when my grandfather passed and my granda, when my grandfather passed and my grandmother, um, wanted to retire. And so Susan always knew I wanted to come back to the farm and do something here. So her and I were actually at a Farm Bureau convention um, over the wintertime one year, and we sat down in our hotel room and spent four hours mapping out possible business plans. And the vineyard, um, the vines that grow here do really well in the same sandy soil that tobacco and pumpkins grew in. And we knew our University of Maryland Extension had been doing a lot of research, and the Maryland Department of Agriculture had been doing a lot of research, and there was a vineyard down the road that was doing well. So, we kind of segued into well, we could probably adopt some of what we have the equipment and the barns and the property um, into a vineyard and then eventually a winery.
0: Yeah. And
2: then the wedding kind of came along with that. So, we planted the vineyard um, two weeks before Wade and I got married.
0: <laughs> Nothing like a getting, you know, I last say, minute. Yeah, last minute. <laughs> I, I, what I was going to say was going to sound working. really dirty. I don't know. I needed to change it. But, when we were there, so we, we came and visited you ladies, we have a real knack with Farmher for scheduling something out and then we're we show up at a time of year where there's not a lot to see of what's going on. But when we were at your farm, um you guys like you said, Shelby, a number of years ago you planted the vineyard and now it is in full production. And when we were there, you were pruning, right? Getting ready for the buds to start coming out this spring. Is that what what you were doing?
2: Yeah. The video that you guys have is us pruning the vineyard.
0: Yep. Yeah. And um, I'm sure that everything is leafed out and is super green and you've got grapes all over the place right now.
2: Oh my God. I was in the vineyard this morning working before I went to my other job and they grow so fast. I mean, they're 12, 13 feet tall at this point, like way above our heads. Um, And we have them tucked into the the wires and my husband, you know, trims them every so many weeks um, to keep them from growing into just giant bushes, which is what they would do if you let them. Um, So, yeah, it's amazing. And then pictures can be found on our website and our Instagram. We update that fairly frequently
1: so people can see what we're doing. Yeah. Tell us what those links are. Okay. So it's
2: just Robin Hill Farm and Vineyards on Facebook and Robin Hill Farm and Vineyards on Instagram. And you can also find us on um, Pinterest under the same name and on TripAdvisor.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And we will link to all of that on the Farm Her blog when this podcast comes out.
0: Yeah, because it, it is, a and you guys are open for tastings and stuff, right? It's So you didn't just stop at planting a vineyard. You have a winery as well. You So um, can you tell us a little bit more about, you've got the vineyard, what types of grapes do you grow, and then what happens to them there um, at your facility?
3: We have five acres of grapes right now, and uh, we have six varieties. We have Merlot, Cap Franc, Chambersan Vidal Blanc, Chardonnay, and Chenin Blanc. And, uh, from those varieties, we make uh, nine wines here. We do all the work. It's everything is done by hand. So, uh, all of the uh, vineyard work, um, we harvest by hand. We ask for volunteers from our family and friends. And then we turned an old, uh, tobacco barn into a production facility, which houses all of our equipment and our tanks. And, um, we had the Amish come in and, uh help uh, re-engineer the barn, and they also built a tasting room off onto the side of the old tobacco barn, which is where we hold the tastings, Uh, and we're open every Saturday from 11 to 5. And so, like Susan said, the
2: winery is open every Saturday, um, 11 to 5, all year round, And as you saw, we have the big open front porch, uh, which is great in the summertime, overlooks the vineyard. And in the wintertime, we have the fireplace on the inside, and we'll serve um, hot spice wine along with our regular offerings. And so that goes around all year round. And then we do weddings from about April to November. And then the vineyard season pretty much starts um, in about March when we start pruning and goes all the way through September and October uh, with harvesting and processing and then we bottle at whatever different points we're told by our winemaker, Bob, who is my uncle and Susan's husband. Um, and so just last week, we did a bottling, and the entire family shows up. We have eight or nine people on the bottling line. And I think we did almost 1,800 bottles Whoa. in about five hours the other
3: day. Wow. <laughs>
0: Well, it seems like a lot of wine to me. That sounds amazing, and I know this from visiting you guys. When you talk about a family operation, like you guys are the picture of it. Because, um, and correct me if I've got this wrong. Like the two couples, Susan and Bob, and Shelby, you and Wade, really are the main um, labor on the farm, and so you guys split up the work. Tell me a little bit about how you manage all that, because. Um, I know you have other things going on as well, and and it is a super labor-intensive process.
3: It's absolutely labor-intensive. Um, Bob and I work full time here on the farm, and uh, Shelby and Wade both have full-time jobs in agriculture. And then they're here, uh, you know, when on nights and and on weekends when when they can get here. And um, it's uh, takes a lot of time in the vineyard, and then Bob's working in the winery, trying to, you know, in the the uh, juice processed and ready for bottling and we got the wedding business going on at the same time and I'm I'm lucky because Wade and I
2: are here nights and weekends but I'm able to do um one of my niches is the marketing so I run the website the Facebook the Instagram the Pinterest um we have a blog and a newsletter and so I can do that from my laptop pretty much anywhere um which helps but, like, today was a good example. Sometimes I'll come here in the mornings before work. Um, Wade often comes in the evenings um, after work because he's, he goes to work very early in the morning. Um, and, like, Bob and Susan are here all the time. And then we do have a lot of help from my mom and dad, uh, my aunts and uncles, our cousins, and grandma. Um, when we bottle, when we do everything by hand, when we harvest, um, we have volunteers that work in the winery for us right now um, on Saturdays, really good friends and family. So we're very lucky. We're very blessed to have that.
0: Do you pay them in wine? I was—that was the same question. <laughs> I was like, "I'll show up to volunteer if they do.
3: I'll be there." <laughs> Actually, our T-shirts for the winery on the back say, "We'll work for wine." Uh-huh. We make our when we get people together to volunteer. We make a party out of it. So when they show up in the morning to harvest, we have uh, coffee and donuts, and then afterwards we have lunch and we have wine. So. It's a lot of fun. People enjoy it. Well, ladies, if
1: you ever need help, just let me know. Sign us up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I already stated that I do like all kinds of wine. (laughs) And then the the question that I had you already answered was the types of varieties that you grow. So what's your favorite kind of wine to
3: drink? Mm -hmm. Oh, we're all different. I'll let Susan answer first. Well, it depends on my mood. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If it's the wintertime, I want a nice bold red and I want to sit by the fireplace uh, in the summertime, I would like a, you know, a little bit, maybe a sweet white where I can sit on the porch and, um, you know, rock and chair wine on, on the front porch. So it, I'm, it depends on my mood, but I enjoy all types of wines. Uh, same.
2: It depends on my mood, on the weather, what I'm eating. But I do have to say my go-to of our wines is our uh, Peugeot Blanc, which is a uh, rosé that has won both state awards and awards at an international show recently. And it's one of my favorites. It's a great rose. You can drink it all day. It's got light notes of strawberries and cherries on the front and a very smooth finish. Um, so that's been very popular in the tasting room as well.
1: Rose is my favorite. I saw your eyes light <laughs> up over there when she said that. <laughs> I love it. So can I buy that and you ship it to me or do I need to make a trip to come and get it?
3: You're gonna have to come visit us if you want to have some pijo. Okay. We'd that's love fine. for you to visit <laughs>
0: Is Peugeot Blanc the name of the grape? Um, No,
2: there's a funny story behind this. So if you go on our website, you can see under the wines tab, um, all the labels and all the names. So our Peugeot is kind of like Target is Target. Our pig goat is Peugeot. Yes. Um, We made it up and it's the picture on the label is a picture of one of the pigs and one of the goats. And they're kind of standing up in an old English style, toasting each other with wine glasses over a wine barrel. As why um, So they? it's a made-up name. It sounds fancy in French, and it's Pigeot Blanc. Um, and it was one of our fun, kind of our fun labels.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, when you're making wine on a farm that used to have pigs, I feel like you got to get creative and, and use that. And you ladies have done that. So that's pretty, Pigeot Blanc. That's like your kind of wine, Lexi. It's got a pig on the label. And? It's Rosé. It's Rosé. girls are speaking my favorites. I have to say,
2: too. That um, Bob's daughter Brittany actually drew the label by hand. Oh yeah. Um, so it's another female in the family, and she um, drew that label that's on the bottle. So that's a, kind of a fun fact.
0: Too. Yeah. Well, keeping it in the family, you guys definitely do that. I feel like we need to crack a bottle of wine open here because you yes guys way are, rose. Yeah, you guys are the ones out there in Maryland at the winery, and um, we're sitting here, you know just without anything exciting to drink in Iowa. So we need yeah, we need to catch up. But um, we've been talking wine and grapes and all sorts of fun things. So I know from visiting you guys that you have a very, very family-focused operation. Um, But my question to you is how you balance that very delicate relationship at times because you have not just um, Shelby and Susan, you know, you are a niece and an aunt, but then you also have your spouses involved, too. So you've got a lot of things at play here. What are some of your tips or how do you how do you balance that business relationship with your family relationship?
3: Well, lots of love and patience and understanding, but mainly because we all have the same goal. Um, you know we want the farm to succeed. we we love our family, and there's you know nothing that we can't work around or you know, um, we just we work together you know, it's not all peaches and cream, but nothing is. <laughs> I would say um, wine. 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 I was, yeah, I was waiting for that.
2: Um, so, it was a it was a bit of an adjustment in the beginning because you're not only um, have two two generations between Susan and I, but we also have grandma, you know, so that's another generation to consider. Um, and then, so working across generations and then across personality spectrums, and then we each kind of had stuff we're good at and stuff we're not good at, so kind of figuring out how the puzzle pieces fit together. It took a good year or two, but while we were doing that, like Susan said, we're trying to be very careful of each other's feelings and and careful, you know, and things that we said and things that we did. And we had monthly farm meetings that we were really good about doing in the beginning. Kind of moved to quarterly farm meetings at this point. um, But we're actually getting ready to have another one, I think next week. And that's where we come into the office and we sit down for like four or five hours we open a bottle or two of wine. We have a dinner and we all come with our notes and we just kind of powwow for like the next quarter.
3: It's hard because we're we're so busy all the time to actually take time to sit down and, you know, plan and uh, actually, you know, focus on, on the future because everybody's, you know. So
2: busy. I would say the running text message thread that we have is a great thing. Technology has totally helped in that point because we just have one continuous conversation all day long, no matter where any of us are.
0: And you can also see that, it. That's, Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: That's awesome. I yeah, hats off to working with your family. I went to a FFA event um, just last week, and there was young producers there. And on the wall, there was what's the best thing about the farm and what's the worst thing about the farm. And family was on both.
0: Yeah, that's kind <laughs> it was, of true.
2: Yeah. I, um, I have a couple other young farmers I'm friends with around here that are also part of multi-generational operations. And someone said the other day in a meeting that it's both a blessing and a burden. Oh, yeah. But most by far, you know, you get your good and your bad and, and you just hope it all washes out in the end.
0: Like having kids. <laughs> one of Tony's good friends told him before. I think I was pregnant with Ava, and I didn't really understand what he meant at this point. But he said it'll be like the best thing and the absolute worst thing that you'll ever do in your life, <laughs> or like most frightening, right? So yeah, having a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that
1: technology piece is so amazing and so important. And uh, you know, just a few years ago, no one like my dad didn't text, and I actually did tell my grandma a few days ago. She was talking about Christmas. And she already has it on the calendar. And I was like, grandma, I'm not kidding. If you expect your entire family to be there, you might want to send a text message.
0: (laughs) You need to meet us where we're at.
1: Seriously. And she, I think she was a little offended that like, oh my gosh, Christmas needs to be sent in a text, but it gets to everyone and no one feels left out and no one... Is not going to be there.
0: That is considered a formal invitation, right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, she could send it in the mail, yeah.
0: but if she wants to go easy, she can just send it in a text. Yeah, and and I would say that um, speaking of family gatherings, I know that you guys like that seems aside from the business relationship, your family, you guys have a really unique thing going on there because different parts and pieces of your family live somewhere on this farm. Like I feel, how many? How many uh cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, live there? And and um it to me, outside looking in, that's a big part. You guys have such a strong bond as a family. I know you I, I see on social media, you know, you're always getting it together. And you invited us in. We went into grandma's house. What's grandma's got a name, not just grandma. What's her name? Uh, Shirley. Shirley. Shirley, I'll just call her grandma. Uh we had lunch, you know, Shelby, your mom was there too. It was such a nice thing to to see that dynamic that your family has. It's really cool.
2: Thank you. Well, uh, to answer your question, um, at Christmas, there's typically about 27 of us. And I would say 18 or so probably currently live on like the cluster of properties here that are
1: connected. Yeah, that's so cool. Is your Christmas invite the- done through text candy. message? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear my question? No, I'm sorry. I asked if your Christmas invite was done through text message. It's 27 people, okay. that's a lot.
2: Oh. We have a funny thing about that. Grandma decided uh, probably God before I was even born, years and years ago, that Christmas on the farm is on always on December 23rd, which is oh. Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. So December 23rd is our big Christmas here at Grandma's house on the farm. Everybody comes, and that way Christmas eve the 24th and christmas day the 25th we can go with spouses families yeah. or opposite sides of the family if we have to and it's not you know um a big thing because we've all gotten together on the
1: 23rd well my family needs to take notes because yeah. this is a struggle yeah
0: <laughs> i like that especially you know we you talk about spouses and, and and there gets to be a lot of dynamics at play you know so good job grandma for setting that date and sticking to it really stinking easy yeah yeah for sure
2: she's all a right. smart one but no she doesn't text messages when we send group family texts, we send it to everybody at the bottom, but P.S., someone tell grandma.
0: And <laughs> yes. grandma, if I'm right, grandma comes and works, does she come into the tasting room in, on Saturdays? And she's a part of it there too, right?
3: She is very active and uh, she likes to uh, stay busy and she'll even come into the vineyard and harvest with us. And uh, yeah, she likes the interaction with the customers. She likes seeing the people coming, coming back to the farm. You know, it's funny. She fusses
2: at me every time I do it. But since I'm the social media person, I take pictures of her in the winery or in the vineyard or, you know, in the production room. And every time we put them on Facebook, we get a giant bump. I'm like, Grandma, social media loves you. Yeah. The time I put a picture of
0: all these kids. Speaking of pictures, I believe the, a picture you took in the vineyard won Syngenta's Thrive Rooted in Egg Contest a couple of years ago, which led us to come and visit at your farm. Was that was your grandma in that picture? I'm trying to recall what Lexi's shaking her head. Yes. Yep. At me. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a cool thing.
2: Yeah, we were in the vineyard pruning, and it was myself and Susan and her daughter, Sydney, and my Aunt Connie and grandma. And it was wintertime, and nobody was wearing any makeup, and we all had hats on. And I had seen the contest online, and I was like, oh, I'll snap like, a fun selfie picture and send it in, and totally did not think we were going to win that thing, but was super excited when it happened.
1: Yeah, I remember that picture because it, first off, resonated with my life, and second off, it just it made you happy, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you guys are out working and the fact we talk about not wearing makeup a lot here at the farm, her office, Margie and I are currently not wearing makeup, No, (laughs) but it is, there's just something about being around strong ladies, having the ability to get your hands dirty, to make a difference and to work together and seeing you ladies, I had no idea. I had never met you. I didn't know anything about your story, but I saw that picture and was like, yep. These You're are my cool. people. Yep. These are my people. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like them. Yeah, it's true. A picture can speak a thousand words. It, mm-hmm. it so can, as we um, know through farm her. You true. Know, that's that's what we do. We're talking to Shelby and Susan,
1: ladies. You had mentioned we've talked all about how your farm has evolved over the years, and you now do agritourism and um, have a wedding venue. But you at one time had forty five hundred pigs on your farm, and you've you've evolved from there. What kind of livestock are on the on the land now and what does your family do?
3: So now we we have general livestock. We have sheep and goats and a horse and laying hens, laying ducks, rabbits, geese. So uh, right now, most of our livestock, uh, they're pets and uh, they keep us sane because anytime you you need a smile on your face, you just go down and you hug one of your animals and it can certainly change your mood
2: also too. Um, they're great for education. It's kind of like an, it's still a piece of the agritourism because a lot of people come from cities around us from like DC, Alexandria, Annapolis, or Baltimore. They don't get to see animals like that on an everyday basis. So they really enjoy coming out to the farm either for a wedding or at the winery and being able to see the goats and the sheep and the horse and interact, you know, so it's part
0: of the agritourism piece too. I was there during the feeding. We got there. If I remember right, we got like a little later than we were supposed to be and everybody was really angry. They were like ready to be fed, but they had to wait to be fed until we got there to like turn our cameras on. Right. <laughs> so we were, I know everyone's yelling at us, but I have this picture, Susan, of you feeding these little ducks and they're so cute and I can't remember what kind of ducks they are, but can you tell me what they were? Yeah,
3: they're Indian runner ducks Yeah. and, um, They lay eggs every day, just like chickens do. And uh, we sell the eggs and uh, there's a a baker that swears by them. So they they
0: love the duck eggs, but they're, they're sweet animals. Yeah. They look in the picture, at least. I mean, I am not in general, like a bird poultry fan. I mean, no, you're not like, I don't (laughs) really want to touch them, but the picture (laughs) of you feeding the ducks was so cute. I absolutely love it. We'll put it on the blog when we, when we post this episode, because Everybody's going to love it. It's so cute. And they're just like cute little ducks that make, I I think I told somebody the other day when I was looking at it, I would actually pick up one of those ducks, I think, because they look so nice. Indian runner ducks. There you go. We
3: give them little, we call them knack knacks. So every day I I either cut up tomatoes or some type of vegetable and um, I take the time to sit down with them. And feed them their knack every day. <laughs> okay,
2: not only that, but when we're in the winery on Saturdays, if there's leftover lunch from the volunteers or if people have been eating, you know, cheese and crackers and they leave it and don't put it in the trash, we will gather the scraps. So there will be this random pile of table scraps on the back um, kitchen table that are all for the animals uh, yeah. when we're done. So
0: those are some well-taking <laughs> care of animals. Yeah, and you were feeding them the knack in the picture. I'm pretty sure, right? I, I feel like it was apples or something. You had something cut up in a little container, but I love that picture.
2: Margie, if you think that picture is cute, you have to go to our Facebook or Instagram and just go back a couple, I guess maybe to May we had a baby goose uh, born little Dudley and he uh, imprinted on Susan and was following us around the farm and he would sit in the office with her next to her laptop on the computer while she worked. And I have a photo of that
0: and it is adorable. I will go find that because yes, I, that sounds adorable and cute. And you do speaking of social media, Shelby, you guys, you do a fabulous job. And I remember thinking this when we were there, you juggle a lot of different accounts and a lot of different things. I mean, how do you, what, what are some of your tricks for handling all of these and, and getting the posts up and out and just being constant on it?
2: Yeah, well, that's part of what I do. Is just part of my day job? I'm an agricultural marketing director, so ag marketing is, you know, kind of my forte. Um, as far as tricks go, you know, I schedule posts in advance. I'm always taking photos. It used to annoy everyone around here, but now they know when I take a picture of something, it's for the social media. I'm going to use it. You know, I'm stockpiling images or, or thinking, you know, two or three weeks ahead for posts. Um, it's really I had to focus for the farm business. We've got. The website and the Facebook and the Instagram are my three, like, on the daily that I really focus on. And then the Pinterest is there, and those boards are pretty much set up for our brides. So it took me a couple weeks to set that up initially, but it's not something I, I do daily. And then we have a Twitter. We don't really use it a lot. I sometimes remember to go on Twitter for the farm <laughs> and, and do that. But it's mostly the Instagram and the Facebook um, that I stay on, you know, and try to do a post every day Yeah, I, if, we, I- if we can do
0: I feel the same about Twitter. Like I, it just it's takes a fine. lot of work. I feel like. Yeah.
1: It's just constantly updating. So the, yeah. the likeliness it's considered, it's not really considered even social media.
0: It's considered a news platform. Yeah. You have to stay in there in yeah. the conversation if you're going to actually engage on it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we focus. Oh, and then the, I added the TripAdvisor. advisor. Yeah. Um, and we also have Google, you know, Google business platform like they do there. Um, So we get reviews through Google, through Facebook, through Instagram, Through TripAdvisor and also through our Square machine, our credit card um, app can get reviews. So I have to, I have alerts set. So every time a review comes in, I automatically, as soon as I get the alert, respond to it. So it shows a response, you know, from the farm quickly and keep those running. So the TripAdvisor is in the newest platform. We've had fun with that.
0: That's cool. You know, um, one thing that I've added into my like travel repertoire lately is Yelp. So like we are always driving somewhere that we don't know what is there to eat, but we always need to eat, you know. And so I would Google like restaurants near me or whatever and use Google. And then half the time I'd be like clicking into the Yelp website. So I downloaded the Yelp app and I totally rely on that for things to do, attractions, places to eat. Like the last Farmher filming trip we were on, I think we ate off of Yelp every single meal and we ate some really great food and visited some really great places. So maybe Yelp will be your next one. Maybe you guys need to Oh, Yelp we
2: have it. it. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I just, yeah. It's Old there. News. Um, yeah, I, did Yelp. I did the Yelp one too. <laughs> people don't seem to use it as much around here, but I know that certain people do. So yes, we have a, a presence on Yelp as well.
1: Margie, you know who might have like got you using it as your travel crew for your TV show. Yeah, I think so. Cause when I traveled with them, that was the first time I've used them.
0: It might've been Tony too. Or I can't it? remember. Do you, you, Tony uses Elp or Yelp. Tony uses Elp. I can't talk. <laughs> Yelp, our producer. <laughs> It's like it's a good
1: thing to have in the back of your pocket.
0: It is. It really is. I am a big fan of it, but I'll have to check out TripAdvisor too. It's kind of one of those ways to find. I, I I would imagine people wander onto your farm on those tasting days, and you might get to meet somebody new and different. And is that a fun thing, you guys? I bet you meet people from all over the place, all different types of people. Um, how do you enjoy that?
3: That's actually my favorite part about the winery.
0: That uh, you know people are coming in, so we're
3: meeting you know new friends and people from out of town or neighbors that have moved into the area you know that uh, we haven't had the opportunity to meet. They're coming to the winery and we're establishing new friendships, and uh, it is a lot of fun, and especially since you don't we don't get off the farm a lot because you know we're working here, uh, the people are coming to us, so uh, it's a great feeling that's that's my favorite part,
2: yeah, and actually, it's funny you say that because since we're so close to D.C. and Annapolis and Baltimore and Alexandria, which are kind of like national and international destinations. So people come here to visit those places, and then if they have extra time, they'll do trips, you know, not far out. And we're really 35 minutes to an hour from most of those. So just in the tasting room this past Saturday, I had a couple from Texas, a couple from Pittsburgh, and a couple from Iowa that were all just randomly there. So, yeah, it was great.
1: Well, in talking about travel, I actually met you ladies when we were in Nashville mm-hmm. at American Farm Bureau Federation. And I guess when we come back from break, let's kind of touch on your involvement there because I know it's a big part of your life. But uh, we'll just keep this travel conversation going and how the world becomes smaller and smaller and it smaller.
0: It really does in agriculture. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like the more the more I go, the, the littler it gets, which is kind of cool. Ladies, when I met you, we were actually in
1: Nashville mm-hmm. at the American Farm Bureau Federation Conference. Conference. Yeah. Um, and Shelby, I actually watched you on stage as well. Would you kind of give us a background of exactly what you were doing there?
2: Sure. Uh, my husband and I were competing in the excellence in agriculture, which is one of Farm Bureau's young farmer um, competitions that they have at the ASBS conference every year. And um, our category was about our entire life in agriculture growing up, um, college, careers, uh, you know, philanthropic work through Farm Bureau and other groups. Um, farming today and et cetera. And we had to do a um, half an hour presentation, um, you know, PowerPoint together. And we also had to submit like a 20 page application uh, before that. And I had to twist my husband's arm to get him to do it. (laughs) It was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work. And we actually ended up coming in fourth in the nation, uh, which was really cool and really exciting. Um, And the first time anyone from Maryland uh, has ever done that. So it was pretty neat.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, Um, I, I, number one, I think it's really important that you guys engage in stuff like that because I think so many times with contests and and stuff, and you know, you did the Syngenta Thrive one too. People think, oh, I'm never going to win, but you guys put yourself out there and you share your story. And I think there's so much power in that. And, and, um, so kudos to you for doing that because it's not an easy thing to do.
2: I thank you. And it's all ties back to that agricultural marketing bent. I mean, everything, when it comes back to it is, try to draw attention to the family business you know to the winery and and to try to help things thrive and and i also do enjoy participating um susan and i are both very active in many organizations
1: across the agricultural spectrum and and bottomly and too we all stay pretty involved and here at from Her, we talk a lot about creating a network in that community and i'm sure you ladies have just realized that by by stepping outside your comfort zones and creating that network um you just keep meeting more and more people and you never know how that person's either going to impact you and your business or you'll impact them.
2: definitely learned that from my grandfather, um, Susan's father. Granddad was an absolute natural and loved people and belonged to every board and commission around here. Um, So we kind of grew up watching that and and saw, you know, and it's something we have a passion for. We, We both love people and we love learning.
3: So he taught us to be a joiner and to contribute to the community and to step out of our comfort zone. So if there was something that we were uncomfortable with, he would say, well, guess what? <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> this is what it. you're going to do next. And and we did it. And it was a great learning experience. Susan and I have actually
2: been um, Farm Bureau Queens uh, for Agriculture. And Susan was, which one other was it? Miss
3: Marilyn Tobacco Queen
0: 1986. Yes. I remember seeing that picture, I think. <laughs>
3: Yeah, back when I had brown hair <laughs> and an 80s perm.
0: These things right. change over time. Hair <laughs> color is just another thing. That's oh. like I've
3: been
1: blonde longer than I've been brown, so there. It's okay. Most people are natural blonde since they were 16.
2: <laughs> yes, yes exactly. when Sun in was invented. Yeah. Yeah. Me
1: included.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's just stages of life.
1: Yeah, but oh, gosh, we got to get our hands on that picture. That was in the episode, wasn't it?
0: I think so. I mean, I remember seeing it. I can't remember if it was in the episode or not. We'll have to go. Back. I'll have to go back and watch.
1: Does and the see. tobacco
0: queen still exist?
1: Oh, no, that's not kosher
2: anymore. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, that, that
0: That sounds like something that might be frowned upon. Yeah.
3: But, my well. sister was Miss pork
0: queen, but I didn't want that title. <laughs> that's what I was. <laughs> Someone's got to do it.
1: Yeah, it's okay. I okay. was very proud
0: Okay, Shelby, I have one more question for you. We just have about a minute left. What is next for Robin Hill Farm and Vineyards?
2: Every time I come up with a new idea now, Grandma throws a dishcloth at me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've got got a lot on our plate right now. The winery hasn't even been open a full year for the tasting room. Oh, so I will say we're looking forward to our one-year anniversary party, and we are going to be launching our wine club and our wine loyalty program um, at the one year, which will be October 6th. So that will be the next thing coming
0: up. Lexi's over here cheering you on because that might mean the right steps to her getting her hands on some of that Peugeot (laughs) rosé. Wine club member number one. (laughs) Let me know. Awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. This has been a really fun talk. You ladies are doing some really cool things. So anybody out there listening, next time you find yourself in Maryland, Uh, go check out TripAdvisor or Yelp. You will not be um, sad if you take a stop at Robin Hill Farm and Vineyards. Shelby and Susan, thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
2: We had a lot of fun. Thank you, guys.